It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Locked On Clippers podcast. Today is Friday, December 22nd, 2017. I'm your host, Lucas Han. You can find me on Twitter, at Lucas J. Han. You can read my work at ClipsNation.com and follow along on Twitter as well, at ClipsNationSBN. In today's episode, I want to break down the Clippers' win Wednesday night against the Phoenix Suns. Talk a little bit about their game tonight against the Houston Rockets. And then if we have some time at the end of the episode, I want to get into a little bit of the C.J. Williams, Jameel Wilson, two-way contract situation and what that's going to look like. So first things first with the Clippers win over the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday. This was kind of a, a little bit of a weird game in that it felt like the Clippers kind of pulled away Really, in the second quarter, they got some separation. And from there, even though Houston made a game of it a couple times, got the lead down to 10 points at one point, ended up being a 13-point victory, it never really felt like a super competitive game. Like The intensity level never got ratcheted back up on either side, really, to where even when the game got back down to 10, and I think I think Phoenix went on like a 18-3 run at one point in the second half, I was, sit- I was sitting there at Staples Center. It just never felt like Phoenix ever got to the point where they believed like they could win the game or the Clippers never really felt got to the point where it felt like they really needed to bring that intensity back to a new level. It seemed like the Clippers, just by playing kind of a relaxed, fun, free-flowing style of basketball, were able to get baskets when they needed it, especially Milos Teodosic helping them get buckets when they needed it to really propel them um to victory and just keep them keep them ahead during the game. So Milos was super impressive, even though he was one of the lowest scorers on the night. He had eight assists, and a lot of times it just felt like he was running the show. He's the only guy who you're out there, who, who you feel like when he's out there is really creating for other players. Austin Rivers played really well in this game. He had six assists, but most of Austin's assists even come from him doing something and then finding someone else to finish a play. So 
he goes on the pick and roll and draws the defense and dumps it off to DeAndre Jordan for a dunk. Or he drives to the rim and kicks it out to Jameel Wilson for a three. But with Milos, what we see is a little bit more of his eyes being up, seeing the court, finding guys on back cuts, finding guys in transition where other guys are making the play and Milos is just making the pass. And a lot of times it's an amazing pass to find guys. So I think I don't think it's a coincidence that in Milos's 27 minutes, he had the game best plus 29 plus minus. Even though eight assists might feel a little low, like eight assists obviously is a good game, but it's not some like tremendous passing game. But I do think it's just in general his vision, the way that he helps them move the ball, and I think it helps everyone on the court just have a little bit more fun. And he finds guys like Sam Decker, who you know normally doesn't really get a, a lot of opportunities to score the basketball. And this was a game where I feel like you know Decker and then other guys in kind of the supporting cast had really nice individual games as well. So Jameel Wilson um, and C.J. Williams, the Clippers' two two-way guys, started this game. Jameel had 11 points, CJ had 12 points. Jameel shot the ball a little better, but CJ was able to get to the line and you know be a little more consistent. So on nights when CJ's shot is falling a little bit more, then, um, then that'll be good. He only was one of four from three in this game. But Decker came in off the bench, six points and five rebounds in 19 minutes. Still looking for Sam to kind of hit that three ball. He was 0 of 2 in this game, and he's really, really struggled this year. If he can get that shot going, then he starts turning more into a serious weapon for the team instead of just a kind of energy forward off the bench. Montrez Harrell was phenomenal, 11 points and 6 rebounds in 18 minutes. Um, he may well have been the player of the game, even though some other guys scored more than him just because of the energy that he brought in the second unit to kind of help the Clippers pull away in the second quarter. Austin Rivers, 21 points, 8 of 16 from the field, 3 of 8 from deep. Lou Williams struggled shooting a little bit, 6 of 18 from the field and 1 of 5 from deep, but... Fortunately, the Clippers were in a position where they didn't need a 30-point night from Lou to win the game, and he still, even with that, managed with managed to end up with 18 points. And then Willie Reed, whose minutes have been really inconsistent lately, had 8 points and 4 rebounds in 16 minutes. It looks like Doc is getting a little more comfortable playing Montrez Harrell at the power forward position because Montrez has been playing well and just showing enough of a well-rounded offensive game in recent weeks that... I don't know, with, with the injuries the Clippers have, you try to put your best guys on the floor, and obviously the drawback of that Montrezl Harrell-Willie Reed unit or Montrezl Harrell next to DeAndre Jordan unit is that the spacing is bad. But when you consider that the other option is to like not play Montrezl or Willie and then play Cinderius Thornwell probably at small forward, the spacing doesn't get much better when you do that. And what you really end up with is worst basketball players on the court. And I like Sundarius, but he's not playing nearly as well as Montrez or Willie this season. So, and Doc Rivers also talked, um, it was interesting a little bit about the game, after the game, Doc Rivers talked about how they're kind of looking in that second unit to play with those two big guys, throw the ball into the post more option, run kind of basic floppy sets or, or you know, pass and screen away sets to get that cross screen underneath in the post, have Montrez or Willie coming to the ball getting the ball on the block on an entry pass, and then kind of playing off of that, which is a style that you don't see a lot in the NBA anymore. And the reason you don't see it is because it's not the most efficient style when you compare it to spreading the floor, running the pick and roll, and finding shooters. But with the personnel that the Clippers have, as shorthanded as they are, it's proven pretty effective in the last few games. So we'll see, we'll see if it's something that they are able to stick with with relative success 
going forward. Um, now, unfortunately, the news came down right before that Phoenix game that Danilo Gallinari's glute injury is actually a partial tear in his glute, which will keep him out through at least most of January, most likely. So the Clippers are going to be without him for quite some time. Um, so, the, you know, that kind of solution, looking to a guy like Montrezl Harrell on the second unit, is something that become and Sam Decker contributing a little more, becomes even more relevant with now Blake Griffin and Daniel Gallinari out for several more weeks. Um, and then that also kind of brings right into the, you know, right into the forefront um, the picture, the issue of Jameel Wilson and C.J. Williams' two-way contracts, which is something that I'll talk about a little bit later in the show. So next I want to talk about this upcoming matchup with the Houston Rockets. But first, I want to point you guys towards some new social media pages that we have here at the Locked On Network. You should already be following at Locked On Network on Twitter, but we have now an NBA Twitter page, the at Locked On NBA Net page. And then make sure on Facebook you go like the Locked On NBA Network page there where you'll be able to find all the podcasts from our NBA shows. We have shows for every team as well as a fantasy basketball podcast and a general Locked On NBA show. College football bowl season is here, and that means it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Are you sick and tired of betting online and then getting the runaround when you ask for payout? Sign up at mybookie.ag today, and you can get paid fast when you win. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs, and you can even deposit using Bitcoin. When you gamble, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting on the college football bowl games this year, or any NBA or NFL games, you've got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site I'd recommend. I trust them, but you don't even have to take my word for it. You can check them out yourselves. They have odds on every matchup, as well as live in-game betting on all of this season's NFL and college football bowl games. When you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. You just have to use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate this offer. So visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Now, moving on into talking a little bit about this Clippers game against the Rockets tonight. Uh, I don't normally like to do a ton of game preview stuff on the podcast because I just feel like it's it's a little more beneficial to recap games than preview them because that lets us look forward a little bit. But this game, I think, against the Rockets is um, is a pretty interesting one looking at just the trade that happened between the Clippers and the Rockets this year and or this past summer. Um, interestingly enough, the two main players in this trade, Patrick Beverly and Chris Paul, who were the All-NBA First Team defensive guards for for the entire NBA last season, those two point guards swapped spots in this trade. Beverly coming to the Clippers, Chris Paul going to Houston. Both of them are out with injury tonight, so neither of them will play. But we're going to see plenty of other guys who have flopped, who flipped from Houston to LA. So it's kind of an interesting time to look at how those guys are doing, as well as look at what Houston's roster makeup is looking like. Kind of in a weird way, even though Houston has been obviously way more successful than the Clippers this season, they've had kind of similar struggles with injuries, missing a lot of guys, and they don't have, or at least they haven't had the same kind of impact from their depth pieces that the Clippers have been able to have. Now, Houston just happens to be a lot better at the top than the Clippers are, 
and they've had, frankly, they haven't struggled with injuries as badly as the Clippers have, which are, you know, that's why they've been able to have so much success where they're currently sitting at top of the Western Conference, but they still have had some troubles. Um, Chris Paul missed a good chunk of the season. I think he missed 15 games with a knee injury, and now he's going to be out again for at least the, you know, the next couple of games with this leg injury. Luke Mbamute has been out for a little bit with a shoulder injury, and is going to miss at least a couple more weeks. And then their starting center, Clint Capella, has been in and out of the lineup with a bruised heel, and he's probably going to miss this game against the Clippers as well. So this leaves Houston really, really, really shorthanded, where, you know, they have James Harden, obviously, and they've got then Eric Gordon, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson, um... Off of the bench, they go to P.J. Tucker. I mean, they, they've got weapons. Nene is the backup center, so if Capella doesn't play, then Nene will start in this game. But really beyond those guys, um, and then obviously the injured Chris Paul and Luke Mbamute, they don't have a lot of depth. So Tariq Black sometimes plays spot minutes as an extra big guy for them. He probably would see you know, an increased role with Capella if Capella continues to be out. Um, and then with Chris Paul out, maybe they get some minutes to, like, Bobby Brown or, um, or Dem- excuse me, Demetrius Jackson, you know, a couple of backup point guards that they have. But there's just not a lot of guys deep on Houston's bench. And in their last game against the Lakers, which they actually lost, James Harden played 43 minutes, Trevor Ariza played 45 minutes, and now they're another guy down going into this game than from where they were earlier in the week with Chris Paul now being out. So definitely if there's a one area where the Clippers maybe stand to take advantage or, or win some matchups in this game, it would be with regards to when Houston goes deep into their bench, guys who haven't been playing a lot aren't as assimilated into the team, and if guys get really tired. Like if Trevor Reza has to play 45 minutes again, you might have an opportunity to take advantage of just him not having legs or maybe not having his win because of just sheer exhaustion. Now, from the Clippers' perspective, there's a few guys on the team from Houston outside of Patrick Beverly who have been really, you know, I mean, Lou Williams, first of all, is the obvious one. Lou Williams has probably been the Clippers' most valuable player this season. I wrote in the game preview on Clips Nation that if the Clippers right now at this point in the season are, like, gasping for air at 12 and 18 trying to stay you know within striking distance of a playoff berth they would be already drowned and dead at the bottom of the ocean if they didn't have Lou Williams he has been phenomenal and several of their 12 wins have been on the back of his heroics the other two guys who were in the Clippers rotation from Houston Sam Decker and Montrez Harrell um, I talked a little bit about in the first segment but they've both come on relatively nicely in the last few weeks where they weren't getting a lot of opportunities early in the season but because of injuries Doc Rivers has been forced to play them a little more heavily and where they looked a little bit lost early on they've responded much better I, d- I think that Montrez has been pretty consistent all season and has is now performing quite well with an increased role and increased minutes Sam Decker was definitely playing a lot worse earlier in the season but since not playing against Washington seven games ago, 
He's had a really nice six-game spurt. Montrez has had, I think, seven double-figure games in the game since Blake Griffin went down with that knee injury, and he's averaging 10 points a game in only 16 minutes, which is really a big help when you're as shorthanded as the Clippers are. Ultimately, though, I don't see this game against the Rockets being an especially winnable one for the Clippers, even with Houston being so shorthanded. It would really come down to just some sort, some combination of like missed shots and exhaustion for the Rockets and the right Clippers getting hot at the right night with like Lou Williams and Austin Rivers going off for big games. You never say never in the NBA. Anyone can beat anybody on a given night. But when you look at it, it just seems like this is a game where Houston is heavily favored. And the main thing that I'm concerned about is trying to keep those minutes down for Lou Williams, Austin Rivers, Milos Teodosic, and DeAndre Jordan because the Clippers have a very winnable game Saturday night in Memphis, but it's the second night of a back-to-back. The last thing you want to do is tire yourself out chasing a win in Houston that you're not going to get anyway and then have that affect you negatively when you travel to Memphis on Saturday, potentially lose both games when you could take it a little bit easier in Houston. I'm not saying throw the game or sit guys, but I'm just saying, you know, go out there and try to win. And once Houston builds a nice lead, kind of take your foot off the gas. Don't really try to catch up to them as hard as you can because odds are it's not going to happen with how potent their offense is. And you can save yourself to try to win the easier game on Saturday against Memphis. So that's what I would go for. For the opponent perspective on these games, I really encourage you guys to go check out the Locked On Rockets and Locked On Grizzlies podcasts, as well as the Locked On Suns podcast if you want to hear about that Clippers win over Phoenix on Wednesday. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, the last thing I want to talk about in this episode is kind of a really complicated two-way situation that the Clippers have with Jameel Wilson and C.J. Williams, who are the two players that the Clippers signed to two-way contracts, meaning that they bounce back and forth between the Agua Caliente Clippers of Ontario and the Los Angeles Clippers' main NBA roster. The way that these two-way contracts work is that players get, of the 177-day NBA season, they get to be on the NBA team up until the D-League season starts. So the D-League season starts a couple weeks after the NBA season. So from NBA opening night to D-League opening night, they get to be on the NBA team. And from the end of the D-League season, which ends a few weeks earlier than the NBA season, until you know the end of the NBA season, they get to be on the NBA team. Between those two days, however, they only get to be on the NBA team for 45 days. That means that they have to spend a pretty significant amount of time in the D-League. So the Clippers, or, in theory, or teams, NBA teams, can call guys up if they have injury problems, if someone's suspended, if they think they need a different look at a position, but you can't really rely on these guys to be permanent rotation fixtures because of their limited time that they're allowed to be on the NBA team. The problem that the Clippers have had is that because of their injuries, 
both of these guys have kind of been thrust into big roles. So with Gallinari being out, Blake Griffin being out, and now even Wesley Johnson being out, the Clippers have actually been starting C.J. Williams and Jameel Wilson at the small forward and power forward positions. And what we're looking at today being December 22nd, and both of these guys being still up on the NBA roster with the Clippers, this is C.J. Williams' 37th day on the NBA roster, and it's Jameel Wilson's 36th day. So both of these guys have less than 10 days remaining that they're allowed to be on the NBA roster before they hit their 45-day cap. Just kind of mapping out what the next couple of weeks could look like because the what the Clippers can basically do is send guys send these guys down whenever there's not a game and then call them back up for game day. So if the Clippers do that, if the only days that Williams and Wilson are on the actual NBA roster are game days, they could potentially stretch this so that C.J. Williams' last game is January 8th, which I think is against the Sacramento Kings, and Jameel Wilson's last game is January 10th against the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, that's not really a suitable long-term solution because at that point, the Clippers probably still won't have Gallinari or Blake Griffin back, and so then you're looking at like Sindarius Thornwell or Austin Rivers playing small forward. Wesley Johnson probably, hopefully, will be back by then playing power forward. Sam Decker is the only forward off the bench. It just is, you don't have enough bodies. So the Clippers need to explore other options. Now, the easiest other option is that all of these two way contracts come with a built in provision where you can upgrade a guy who's on a two way contract just to an NBA minimum salary deal. That way, the 45 day limit is lifted they're on your roster everything is fine now the Clippers have an open roster spot so one of these guys probably CJ Williams who Doc Rivers seems to trust a little bit more as an all-around player you could just bump up to that minimum salary contract the problem is that the Clippers don't have the space under the luxury tax to do this which is why they haven't filled out their 15-man roster which is why they have that open roster spot they only have about like $120,000 underneath the luxury tax to play with. So what they really have to do if they want to bump one of these guys up or go out and sign someone else is they probably have to trade Bryce Johnson who makes $1.3 million and they aren't really using Bryce at all in games. You probably trade Bryce Johnson for nothing. You know, Maybe trade him and a future second round pick to some team that has money and is willing to eat that, um, or some team that has cap space, and is willing to eat that contract for the rest of the season. And then, from there, you would have space to bump one of these guys up, and after a very brief time, bump the other up. So, you're looking at, if the goal was to trade Bryce Johnson for nothing, and then sign or convert Williams and Wilson to prorated minimum salary contracts the Clippers are about essentially what amounts to nine days short which means between not calling up one or both of these guys for a game here and there in the next couple of weeks and then from when they're from when they run out of time on the 8th and the 10th just waiting a few days you would need a combined nine days to get to the point where you have enough money underneath the luxury tax 
to sign both of them to prorated deals. Um, the reason that you have to wait those extra days is because the deal is prorated. So basically you're paying the guys like $8,000 a day for each day. The cap hit is $8,000 a day for each day that they're on the NBA roster once you convert them. So the longer you wait to convert them, the fewer days you're paying them that $8,000 and that $8,000 is counting against your cap figure, which allows you to continue avoiding the luxury tax. So they are right on that, right at that level where they could do that. Maybe they just keep one of the two guy, one of the two guys and the other one, they just have play in the D league for a week and then convert him once they're able to avoid the luxury tax. But that would let them get to a spot where they have a 15 man roster it would be the current team minus Bryce Johnson, but you get CJ and Jamil on the team for the rest of the year. I think that's a really simple way to keep with the depth that the Clippers have now, where they kind of have a good thing going without having to worry about trying to make some big move or you know going out and signing a free agent or whatever. And the nice thing that that does is it frees up your two-way contracts again, where the Clippers can now go sign two new guys into those two-way slots. Um, now, the days that you get to call guys up from the two-way slots are also prorated, and you can't sign two-way contracts after January 15th. So, hypothetical world, the Clippers convert CJ and Jamil. On January 15th, they sign two new guys to those two-way contracts, one of whom would probably be Tyrone Wallace, who's playing exceptionally well for the Agua Caliente Clippers right now. Um, whoever they signed to those new two-way contracts would get what essentially amounts to 22 days called up to the Clippers over the next couple of months. So whenever there are injuries or any for any reason Doc Rivers wants one of those guys, he could call them up. Um, I know that's kind of complicated, but it does kind of show the tricky situation the Clippers are in with Williams and Wilson, who have both kind of turned into pretty steady rotation players for the Clippers in the last couple of weeks with the injuries that they have and now that we know as I talked about earlier in the show that Gallinari isn't going to return maybe for for another full month from today or even longer it puts the Clippers in a situation where they're gonna have to find a way probably to keep at least one of these guys hopefully both I think the way towards that is by trying to trade Bryce Johnson for nothing and then converting these guys into prorated minimum deals. Now, just a note on Tyrone Wallace, because I've heard a lot about um, from fans who are really excited with how Tyrone Wallace is playing in the D-League, and he has been playing exceptionally well for the Agua Caliente Clippers. There's just a couple things, um, a couple notes on Tyrone Wallace. So one thing is people are questioning why didn't the Clippers give him one of the two-way contracts instead of C.J. Williams before the season. First of all, C.J. Williams has played quite well in the NBA when he, you know, when he's been called up to the Clippers and put into rotation role. With all of the traveling he's been doing back and forth between the two teams, he's been pretty solid. I'm not sure that he's like a good NBA rotational player when you look at the other guys and how talented they are around the NBA, but he's been solid for the Clippers. He's done what they've needed playing shooting guard and small forward. I don't know if Tyrone Wallace could do that even though he's an explosive athlete and he's very good he's kind of playing right now as the superstar of a D-League team could he slot as effectively into like a 12 minute a night role where you just need someone solid 
I'm not I'm not as convinced. The other thing is that when you give someone a two-way contract, they are no longer a free agent. So Williams and Wilson right now, if some other team came and offered them a contract, we want you to be on the 15-man roster, they would not be allowed to go. They're controlled by the Clippers. They the Clippers can convert them, the Clippers can keep them on the two-way. They're basically stuck in the Clippers system. Tyrone Wallace who is one of the top players in the D-League and was known coming into this year that he would be one of the top players in the D-League, he's got freedom to sign anywhere in the league. So C.J. Williams, for example, if the Clippers hadn't had injuries, a guy like C.J. Williams could potentially still be in the D-League. There are guys on two-way contracts around the league who haven't been called up very much, haven't gotten a lot of opportunities yet. A guy like Tyrone Wallace, if you know he's you know, one of the best couple of guards in the D-League, any team in the NBA that has injuries and needs a guard can call him and he can go play for them and get called up. So that might be a reason why he may have not even wanted a two-way deal. He might still not, he might still not want one because being a free agent gives him more opportunities to go around and play for other teams. The other reason why I don't think we've seen him be prioritized as a call-up, first of all, is that as I just explained, the Clippers are in really treacherous territory with the luxury tax, and even calling him up for a couple of weeks could end up costing them, you know, $100,000 or something like that, which now just even more so inhibits any future path towards getting Williams and Wilson onto the roster and avoiding the luxury tax. The other reason is that Tyrone Wallace is a point guard. He has the size to play shooting guard, but he can't shoot three-pointers. He's shooting like 20% from three in the D-League this season. So I think there's just kind of limited upside towards what he could bring to the team if you bring him up right now because he's not going to pass up Milos Tadosic, Lou Williams, or Austin Rivers in the rotation. All three of those guys are playing really well, making big impacts, and they're really important to the team right now. So what you're looking at is he would be competing with Jawan Evans and Sundarius Thornwell for minutes as the fourth guard. I'm not really convinced that calling a guy up from the D-League for a couple games to steal minutes from a rookie who the Clippers have control over is necessarily the best thing, even if Wallace is an upgrade over Evans. We're talking about 12 or 16 minutes a game as the fourth guard, and we're talking about a guy who is a free agent and can go anywhere he wants versus a guy who is in the Clippers system, is on a three-year contract, and is then going to be a restricted free agent after that, someone who the Clippers have a long-term investment in. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, especially when you compare to the fact that C.J. Williams and Jameel Wilson, the other two guys who the Clippers have up from the Agua Caliente Clippers, are making such big impacts, and they're being put in a position where, unlike the guard position where the Clippers have those, those three entrenched guys, Right now, the Clippers have no healthy, entrenched guys at the forward positions. Gallinari, who's the starting small forward, is out for a while. Blake Griffin, who's the starting power forward, is out for a while. And Wesley Johnson, who is backing up both of them early in the season, is out at least now, and I'm not sure how long he's going to be out. Hopefully, it's only a couple more games with that foot injury. So they're really only competing with either guys playing out of position, like Sundarius Thornwell or Austin Rivers at small forward, and Montrez Harrell at power forward, or someone like Sam Decker who's really struggled this year. The need at forward is so is so glaring 
that those two guys from the D-League have actually both earned starting roles on the NBA team. Tyrone Wallace would have a much more limited upside if he were to be called up. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Clippers podcast. I know, especially in that last segment about the two-way contracts and the D-League guys and the call-ups, there's a lot of moving parts. It can be a little confusing. So if you have any comments or questions or feedback, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, again, at LucasJHan, or you can email me, lhan.clipsnation at gmail.com. I will try to respond to questions on Twitter, but also, if I notice that, that people were confused about something, I'll try to maybe touch on this again in a later episode and hopefully shed some light on it. Um, once again, make sure you read the blog at ClipsNation.com, follow along on Twitter at ClipsNationSBN, like the ClipsNation page on Facebook, like the Locked On Network or follow the Locked On Network account on Twitter, like the Locked On NBA page on Facebook, all that good stuff. Get involved on the social media, both with myself and with the Locked On Podcast Network, so you can see all of the cool things that we have got going on. Thanks for listening, guys. This is Luke Sand signing off for Locked On Clippers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.